Hey guys, so uh, calling in from uh, Washington, D.C. is uh, today we're talking to Danny DePiro. And uh, Danny is the author of the books Stay Positive and The Positively Present Guide to Life. She's the founder of PositivelyPresent.com, a site dedicated to helping readers around the world live more positively and be more present. Uh, she's been featured in countless media publications, including Forbes, Glamour, Elle Magazine, Psychology Today and The Washington Post. So it is a huge, huge honor to be chatting with you today. Thanks so much for being here, Danny. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You lived with negativity, and I think you described yourself. You were, you know, in a reasonably negative, kind of minded person for like the first 25 years of 25 years of your life. Uh, but then in 2009, you decided to just to turn this all around and started focusing on the positive in in life and just going about your life in a more positive minded way. Um, what, what caused this change? Well, it was kind of one of those things that it sort of just built up. I was just really not loving a lot of aspects of my life, including my job. I didn't love that. I wasn't in the best relationship at the time. Mm. Um, And I just was generally feeling negative all the time. And I think for a while I tried to find sort of outside sources of, you know, little bursts of happiness. Like, you know, I did a lot of shopping, for example, or, (laughs) you know, um, drinking, which is something that I, I don't do anymore. But you know, going out and partying and and sort of getting these bursts of happiness for short periods of time. And I started to realize that that wasn't really working (laughs) in terms of a long-term plan. Like, yes, it would work for, you know, a moment, an evening or whatever, but um, it wasn't something that lasted. And it, Mm. it started to hit me that if I wanted to have sort of a different life and I wanted to be more positive and happier, I was going to have to do something myself. I wasn't going to be able to find things outside of myself. And so that's when I started really thinking, okay, what do I really want? And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, you know, I really just wanted to be more positive, to try to find the good in whatever situation I encountered, and also to try and stay in the moment. Because I, it occurred to me that one of the reasons that I felt unhappy a lot of the time was because I was either dwelling on the past and sort of ruminating on things I'd done or worrying about the future, which I think a lot of us do, you know, thinking what's going to happen, especially sort of in your mid twenties. I feel like it's, it's such a, I guess like a quarter life crisis type type of situation where it's like, well, what am I doing with my life? Like I should have it together, but I don't yet. (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) I experienced that and, and realized that, you know, part of the stress that I was having was because I was worried about what was going to happen instead of focusing on what was happening right then. Yeah, that's interesting. So a lot of the things when you were saying that was actually just jumping out at me as well, because on, <laughs> on a couple of these interviews, there's there's been this theme of because um, present moment and actually being totally engaged in what you're doing right then and there is been a theme that's come up quite a lot. And I can totally resonate with that. Um and I've, I've, I'm sure you've read it, obviously, you know, I've, I, I'm almost screaming this book, you know, to everyone, but like The Power of Now um, by Eckhart Tolle. And um, it's, 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 it's like that idea of when, when, when you're upset, like you just mentioned, you're either in the past or you're living in the future. You're actually, the second you bring it back to this moment right here and now, actually things, things, things are a lot, a lot, I know, more optimistic, aren't they? Absolutely. And I, I think it's a really hard thing to do, especially because, I mean, we have to plan for the future. You know, you can't just live every second as it's happening. I mean, you've got to, you know, make plans for meetings in the future or schedule, you know, events or whatever. So it's like, you have to think about the future, but I think when it comes down to it, it's sort of 
for me about how much time you spend thinking about the future. Of course, you're going to make plans and you're going to have your schedule and your to-do list, but it's like, are you dwelling on it and thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Because most of the things, it's such a cliche, but I've found it to be so true in my life that most of the things that I've worried about that were going to happen in the future never happened, or they happened totally differently than I had envisioned. And I think that happens for a lot of people. Um, which, you know, makes it so silly that we spend so much time worrying about things. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. No, I, I totally, I can I totally resonate with everything you just said there. Um, I think a quote I saw on your website or it was, it was on your website or your personal blog was, um, uh, if you realize how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a, never, a negative thought. Um, could you maybe just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes um, because it's really amazing how much what you think about transfers and becomes what your life is. Like if you start really being negative and you just start to see all the negative things in your life and it's very easy to do that. Um, But if you focus on what's going well or you try to see things from a positive point of view, then you really start to notice all the positive things around you and the things that are are great. Um, And I think for me, being positive is not a natural thing. Um, I definitely tend to immediately think worst case scenario and what's going to go wrong. So now that I have this website, um, it really helps me to sort of think, okay, well, what would I tell my readers or how would I, you know, deal with this situation on the website if I were talking about it? And it makes me look for the positive. Um, and it's important to, I've discovered, be aware of your thoughts. It sounds kind of silly because it's like, well, obviously I'm aware of them, but a lot of times we're thinking things and, and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's sort of where that quote comes in. It's like, just think about what you're, you're really thinking. Like, are you just letting things get out of control in your mind with negativity and thoughts about what might happen? Uh, because sometimes when you even just become aware of those thoughts, um, then you can at least see them objectively. Or if you're, you know, practicing being more positive, you can try to shift them in a more positive direction. Mm. And what, what, what kind of benefits? I mean, so you, this has been going on since, since 2009. And obviously, um, because you are, you're constantly, you know, you're finding, you know, you're constantly learning, you're finding new material, you're posting new articles. So you've had this sort of six year journey of sort of learning and discovery yourself, like a lot of personal development. I'm sure you read a lot, uh, you know, listen to a lot of, you know, interesting people and you've come, really thrown yourself into this. Like, you know, into the deep end. And what are some of the sort of tangible benefits you've experienced in your own life as a result of adopting this positive mindset? Well, I think one thing that's been sort of, a lot of people confuse happiness and positivity. Mm. And I think happiness is, to me, it's, it's just an emotion. It's like, when you feel angry, you feel sad, you know, you feel happy. But I do feel like being more positive and trying to have a more positive attitude has led to more happiness. Um, So my end goal is not to be happy all the time because that's impossible. Um, It's to try to be positive all the time. And as a result, I have had more happiness in my life because I've been more content with what I'm doing in my life. And, you know, I've also, you know, I've changed my career. I've focused on this full time. Sorry about the dog barking. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, that's the dog in the background. (laughs) I focused on what I'm doing full time and I love what I do. And I think that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't tried to have a more positive attitude. And that, you know, I also feel like I have better relationships, um, which, you know, is 
definitely a huge benefit of being more positive and more present. Um, because I, you know, when I'm with people, I spend the full amount of time, you know, trying to be positively engaged with them and in the moment, which I didn't used to do at all. <laughs> There's two, we're, talk, we're, talk, we're talking to the two positive people. <laughs> What's your dog called? Oh, her name, her name is Barkley. Barkley. <laughs> As you can tell, because she's really good at barking. <laughs> no, no, I love that. I love all those points. And um, because I think one thing which I, I, I'm, I think, interested in knowing in particular, because um, it's one thing to, and I'm sure like you probably get this question the whole time, um, but it's one thing staying positive if um, you are, you're on holiday, you're with your friends, you're in a great relationship. I mean, I guess the sun is shining. Staying positive then is almost, it, it's probably easy. But the bit that's actually, which um, is obviously a lot harder, is how do people stay positive when they're going through grief, they've uh, just in a broken relationship, they've had a death of a loved one. Like, obviously that's when these ideas of positivity would be tested maybe a lot, a lot more. Like how, what kind of advice would you give to those kind of people? Is it the same principles, whether things are good or when things are bad, you just, it's just about intention and deciding to be positive or is there, um, is there something, I know some advice you could give to people who are actually in the middle of like some trauma and how, 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 how can somebody stay more positive when they, in the midst of that, you know, disaster. Yeah, it's definitely much harder to stay positive when things aren't going well. Mm. Um, but I think that's obviously the most important time to do so. One thing that I think is is really important and helpful when dealing with a difficult situation is trying to be grateful. Because no matter what the situation is, even if it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you, um, there's something to be grateful. I mean, the very act of just being alive still is something to be grateful for. Um, if that's the level that you've got to get to to find something to be thankful for, I find that to be so, so helpful. And it really starts to put things in perspective um, to to think about all you do have, even when things aren't going well or even when you're having a hard time. And I also find it useful to to sort of just look for what's going well. Like a lot of times it will be sort of one aspect of your life that's really difficult. Like let's say you're going through a breakup and that's really hard. Um, but maybe at the same time, things are going pretty well at work and you really love what you're doing for a career, you know, trying to focus a little bit more on what's going well and not dwelling on what's going wrong. That being said, um, positivity to me and living a positively present life is not at all about, you know, pretending things are perfect or not, you know, dealing with the difficult times. I think, sort of accepting the hard stuff and trying to just sit with it for, you know, not too long because that turns into dwelling on it, but at least, you know, working on it and thinking about it and being accepting of the situation can really help make it easier. It's certainly not going to make it go away and it's not going to make it, you know, the best thing ever, but it helps to make it easier to cope with. Mm. That's interesting because, okay, because so it's actually to – not kid yourself, not pretend, okay, I'm not unhappy, I'm happy, I'm positive, I'm positive, I'm positive, to actually, you can recognise that, okay, this is not a good situation, and what is that? does that tie in with these ideas of like acceptance, and actually just accepting the situation for what it is, rather than trying to, to kid yourself, or? Yeah, absolutely, I think acceptance is really important, I think, you know, no matter what a situation is, good or bad, sort of looking at it, trying to look at it, I say, because it's hard sometimes when you're in the situation. Yeah. <laughs> An objective perspective can really help and not 
letting yourself be overcome by emotional responses, trying to just say, okay, this is what's happening. And maybe it's not great. Um, maybe it's terrible, but this is the situation right now and I have to deal with it in whatever way I can. And sometimes I've found that, you know, trying to look for the positive in a bad situation, you don't come up with much. (laughs) Sometimes situations are just really tough. And in that case, a lot of times what I take from it is the situation is making me stronger or it's making me learn something about myself or it's making me realize that, okay, you know, maybe this person I was dating or this person I was friends with who I'm having a falling out with, you know, isn't somebody that's meant to be in my life. And maybe this is going to be a good thing. And it's opening up space for somebody else. I try to just take, you know, at least the lessons, even if they're internal that I can learn as a positive, because sometimes let's be honest, there aren't positive things about a situation. You know, sometimes they're just really tough situations and, you know, at the very least it's making you a stronger person. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's interesting. But I think the let the less, the idea of taking a lesson out of it or, um, also one way, which I, I sometimes find really sometimes helpful is then and there, like this situation might seem like the worst thing in the world, however dreadful it is, but often whether it's a month down the line, a year, two years, like, you know, the next day looking back, you can't actually often see the positive or see the lesson or see the learning at the time. Cause it just seems so just overwhelming and awful but looking back you can actually often point you know look back over your life and actually point at these horrid occasions and these horrid times actually being amazing turning points like you wouldn't be where you were now if it wasn't for that because that changed you and put you down on a better path where you know you might not see it at the time and then I think that's often quite helpful as well yeah absolutely I agree you know it really you know if you look back and you think about things that were really difficult or you know, it usually ends up there was a reason that that happened. And I, I do believe that things happen for a reason. And like you said, sometimes it takes a really long time to see what that is. Mm. Um, and that's okay. You know, a lot of times it's not like a week later. <laughs> but um, it's definitely good to keep that in mind that at some point you will understand why that happened. And it will have led you to something else that is better for you and more suited for you. Mm. But when you say you think things happen for a reason, do you mean like in terms of fate or in terms of just everything is a lesson and you're just constantly learning or how do you, how do you mean exactly? Yeah, I think more in terms of everything happens that to you in order to give you some sort of lesson. And I don't know, I don't have a, a real strong spiritual belief, but um, I think that maybe it's just the way I like to look at it because it makes <laughs> for things to to make sense to me but I do feel like also from experience like things that have happened to me that I was like why did this happen or you know this is so hard to go through later it's either made me stronger or it's you know led me to learn something about myself or you know so maybe it's just me taking lessons from things but for whatever reason I find that eventually it makes sense as to why something happened even if it's something difficult yeah no I, I I agree with that um and that's one good thing. Cause I think you, you said that um, um, I was re- on one of these articles. You were talking about how change was often being a bit of your Achilles heel. Like dealing with change has often been something which you've resisted and found quite hard. But um, on your book, there's a whole chapter and a whole section on this idea of change. And um, how, how have, you, have you found um, sort of like some really good ways of actually dealing with this impermanence and actually just almost like you just said there like this idea of everything happens for a reason is that probably the the best way you found to look look at change and to deal with change just thinking take your hands off the reins and think hey this is this is a great lesson 
Yeah, absolutely. That definitely has helped me. And, you know, sort of reflecting on how changes that maybe I didn't want to happen at the time ended up being good. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I face new changes, I'm like, okay, well, this could be good. Um, I also, you know, back to the acceptance concept, I try to sort of accept what what's happening, um, even if I don't like it. And and I also try, um, particularly in more recent years, have tried to sort of initiate change for myself and try to do things that push me outside of my comfort zone, because I feel like the more, even though I don't love change, I feel like the more I practice it, the easier it becomes when it's something that is out of my control. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm better at dealing with this um, and trying to adapt than I would be if I hadn't sort of practiced. Mm. No, I agree. It's, um, yeah, ch- change is, I, I, I've, I've been in the last sort of month or so, I've been dealing with some change and that w- what wasn't actually like necessarily, uh, you wouldn't have necessarily brought it on yourself, but actually each time has been, I know, a lesson or a learning or something actually has positive and good has come out of it. Um, uh, a little bit of a detour, but um, you um, talked um, about ideas of expectations and um, this is something which I actually just wanted to ask you about because th- th- this is another bit of Achilles heel. Like often when I've sort of been, you know, you got disappointed, you're upset or something. It's been when, cause you've, you've created an expectation about how a situation should act out or how a person should act or, and then when those expectations aren't met, it leads to upset and disappointment. What, what, what are the dangers of having expectations? Because this is, it's probably not the most, uh, the best sort of thing to go through life, isn't it? Having expectations about things. Cause are you only setting yourself up for setting yourself up for like failure? If you've constantly got expectations, is it, is, is that, is that a good thing or is this much better just to go through life in a much more free way to sort of surrender to what, what will be, what will be? Well, it's kind of tricky because you want to have some expectations, mm-hmm. you know, for example, like in a relationship, you want to be treated well and be treated with respect and you want to, you know, have some things that, you know, make you feel good and that, you know, you want in a, in a relationship, whether it be romantic or a friendship or whatever. Um, but at the same time, so many of our relationship troubles, I feel like are a result of sort of bizarre expectations <laughs> or, you know, things that aren't necessarily even things that we need. A lot of them are things because we think we're supposed to have them because society says that um, we are, um, or maybe not even society, maybe just the people that were around, you know, say, oh, well, shouldn't you want that? Or shouldn't you have to have that? And maybe you don't really want something, you know, maybe you don't want the like super powerful career job. Maybe you don't want the marriage and kids. Maybe, you know, you don't want the things that you're supposed to want, but it's hard to know that when there's so many expectations put on us. And then, um, you know, we sort of translate those into expectations for others and how we expect them to act and react to us. So I think that it's important to have sort of some base level expectations, like, okay, this is what I want for my career. And this is what I expect, you know, when I'm interacting with other people in terms of how I want to be treated. But beyond that, I think it's important to sort of think about what are you expecting from people and why are you expecting it from them? Um, you know, do you really, you know, need those very specific things? And if you do, that's fine. I think, you know, sometimes people do need very specific things from others. But a lot of times when you look closely at your expectations, you might realize, well, I actually don't even care if that person does that or doesn't do that or, you know, and that can sort of cut down on the stress of your relationship and also your inner stress with 
worrying about what other people are doing and how they're treating you or not treating you or anything. So it's just something to, I think, be mindful of, not so much that you shouldn't have expectations, but just sort of be aware of what they are and, and whether they really are your own and whether they really add value to your life. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's what the, like you said there, there's some which are just, yes, these are good things. This is how I want to be treated. This is how I like my life to be. But if you actually break some of them down, a lot of them are actually more actually a control thing rather than actually your genuine wishes and desires. It's more actual a control of a situation, is it? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's important to have a balance of, you know, caring about others and caring about yourself. I mean, I think self-love is very important, but I also feel like sometimes we get so caught up in that concept and it's like, well, everything should be my way and people should be doing things to, you know, make my life better and make my life easier. And sometimes it, it can be really beneficial to take a step back and try to see things from another person's um, perspective and sort of think about whether your expectations are, you know, even things that, you know, are good for the other person. And um, I think that taking that sort of aspect into account, sort of a more selfless thought process can, can also really benefit you in relationships. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, now, just kind of towards the end, but just a few uh, speed round questions, which we ask all our guests. And um, actually, I'm going to add one more actually in there just because I'm quite interested at the moment in terms of just people's morning routines and habits and rituals. And I'm just wondering, do you have any sort of habits or rituals or morning routines which um, you do every day, which contributed towards I don't know, a more better optimistic way of looking? Or do you have like, do you eat the same things every morning or do you meditate or do you do yoga or anything like that? I do, um, I do yoga every morning, usually not right when I get up. I do it after I've done a little bit of work. I tend to dive right into work, which maybe not be, is probably not the best thing in terms of a relaxing morning ritual, but I tend to be very, um, very much a morning person and the, I do the best work in the morning. So I tend to just do that first because I know by the afternoon I'll be sort of like not as on point and into my work. So Um, But I do yoga every day. I have for about, um, I'd say, like six or seven months or so, and I really like it. Um, I just do it for 30 minutes. It's it's sort of more for uh, mindfulness than it is for, you know, an exercise (laughs) type of situation. Um, But I definitely do that every day. So that would be, I think, my routine. Awesome. Uh, And what does a fulfilled life mean to you? A fulfilled life to me means doing something that you feel passionate about and that you enjoy doing. And by that, I don't mean like you're going to love every moment of your work day (laughs) because, you know, I do what I love and I work for myself and I work from home and all these things that people would be like, oh, that sounds awesome. But there are hard things that I have to do and tough days. But I think that's really fulfilling for me. Um, So whatever it is that you feel passionate about, you know, it could be anything that that's what you should do to feel fulfilled. And also really keep in mind the people that you have in your life um, that can make such a big difference in terms of fulfillment, having positive, inspiring people around you that make you feel good about yourself and that, you know, motivate you and excite you. I think that's really important and an important part of a fulfilling life. That's awesome. And you, do you, you, do you take that pretty seriously? You actually cultivate and actually really, rather than just let any and everyone into your life, you actually really keep an eye on actually keeping just positive, like-minded, great people in your life who you lift them up, they lift you up rather than, you know, people who drain you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely try to make that a priority. I mean, in some cases it's not always possible, you know, you're going to have to work with people that aren't always as positive or you have family members that maybe aren't, you know, as positive and, you know, like-minded, but I try to limit my interactions with negative people and really, you know, create relationships with people that make me feel good and that I make them feel good as well. Yeah. It's like a mutual thing, you know, it's, it's give and take. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Abs, thank you. And um, what is one thing our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? Uh, one thing would be to be grateful. Um, we talked about that a little bit, but um, being grateful, it's something that you probably hear a lot, but it's so important and it's so hard to be negative when you are thinking of things that you're grateful for in your life. It's, it's almost impossible. I mean, when you're, if you sit down and list, you know, what are you grateful for right now? And then you try to be negative and it just doesn't work because when you're grateful, you are thinking of the positive and you're dwelling on what's going well in your life. And so it's such a simple thing and it sounds basic, but it can really have a profound effect. Absolutely. I, I, I can, I can vouch for that is, um, I think I started doing about maybe a year ago or two years ago. And, um, like every single morning when my alarm goes off, I just, I, turn it off and then just spend the first five minutes or 10 minutes before I've just started my day, before I go and have a shower, before I have breakfast, just spend five, 10 minutes just thinking of all the good stuff, which actually in my life right now. And for some reason, the whole day seems to flow in a much better way. Um, yeah, I don't know whether it's like sort of the glass is half full or half empty, you know, but you start, you sort of train your mind from the outset to be looking for the good and everything. And actually the whole day seems to be, uh, get off on a much better note and actually, I think you attract whether you actually are attracting it or you're just spotting happier, more optimistic things throughout the day. But I've, I felt like that has I'd had a massive ripple effect basically through, through, my, through the rest of the day and through like your life. Um, so I can definitely vouch for the gratitude one. Um, and finally, are there any books or resources which have had uh, either changed or had like a huge impact on your life? Well, I love reading. So it's hard to pick, you know, a couple books that have influenced me because I get so much from reading. Um, but two of my favorites, um, are positivity by Barbara Fredrickson. Um, it's somewhat of, you know, a science research book, but she does such a good job of making the content relatable. So even if you're not into nonfiction or you don't really like reading about, you know, studies that take place at universities, it's still really relatable and really shows you the positive benefits of being more positive and trying to create, um, you know, sort of positive and, and present connections with other people in your life. And it's backed by research, which is kind of cool. Um, and another book that I love um, that kind of was life-changing for me was Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And she writes about um, staying in the moment and sort of acceptance on a day-to-day -day basis and really um, does a great job. Another one of of making it relatable and something that you're like, Oh, well, I could apply this to my life because I do feel like sometimes mindfulness books and even books on happiness and positivity can be sort of, um, abstract and, and hard to like, how am I going to put this into work in my own life? And that's one of the things that I'm striving for in my book is to sort of make it very practical. Um, because for me, I'm a very hands-on person, like 
just taking the ideas and thinking, oh, I'm going to be more positive isn't enough. I need, you know, okay, well, give me some steps. Tell me what to do. And in those two books that I mentioned, I feel like they do a really good job of making you see how you can, you know, cultivate positivity and acceptance in your life, in the real world, on a day-to-day basis. That's awesome. I think what you were just saying there about um, those practical steps, that's one thing which I think your book, um, Positive365, your website, where um, or Stay Positive, where every single day actually gives you uh, it gives you a step or it gives you um, it gives you some actual some practical things where you can implement some of the learnings. Is that is that correct? Yes. And the book Stay Positive, my first book, which I self-published, um, has Every day there's a daily reminder of sort of how to stay present and sort of a suggestion of what you can do. And in my my latest book, The Positively Present Guide to Light, each section has an activity um, that you can, you know, apply to your daily life and something that you can do right then and there. And also on my website, um, dannydepiro.com, there are worksheets that you can download in case you, you know, want to fill out a worksheet instead of just writing on a piece of paper, but um, you don't have to have those, but the key is making things that people can actually do and think about and and make positive action oriented changes instead of just like oh think positively or try to stay in the present because for me when i was you know first starting out with all this stuff i was like i can't do that like that's too hard um so i really wanted to find ways to help people um actually take action right away that's awesome. I, I will put all those links. I'll put those your website and the books, all those links um, up in the show notes. Uh, last but not least, how, how can people stay in touch with you? Should we, where should we send them? You mentioned a couple of the places there, but um, we'll put those up in the show notes. Um, any Twitters or Instagrams or Facebooks, anything else? Yeah, I have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, if they want to read the blog, it's positivelypresent.com. And for more about me, they can visit dannydepiro.com, which has all the information about my books and about, you know, where I've been in the media and interviews I've done and, you know, hopefully could answer any questions that people have as well as there's information on how to contact me if people want to get in touch. Amazing. Danny, thank you so, so much. It's been fascinating talking to you. Uh, thank you for giving up your, uh, I'm trying to work out the time difference. It's three, uh, you're 10 a.m., 10 a.m. in Washington, <laughs> yeah. East, Eastern thank time. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been fascinating and we really Thanks appreciate you coming having- on to Spirit Pig. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.